I came in this morning and I was telling Ted that and and that I was a little off my feed this morning and I needed to to see somebody and seek forgiveness for that. Luckily, I've had that chance to do that. Um, it would have been really hard to come talk to you about spring up oh well that that we that we're looking for this spot in our life where 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 God's river of life. If you you know the song, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. That that part of life would be alive in in us this morning as I'm talking about it here from the other side. Oh that a river of life was flowing out of me or. Anyway, so that's where I'm coming at today. Today's scripture is is a tough one. I want to ask you a couple of questions first, though. Who had a big blue ox? Do you know? Paul Bunyan. Do you know the name of the big blue ox? Babe. Okay, good. We're on the same track here. Do you know who raced a steam-powered hammer? John John Henry. Excellent. What about the person that didn't tell a lie, couldn't tell a lie? Do you know who that is? George Washington. Do you know why our country has stories like this? So that we remember and we look at the, at the, at the value of hard work, at the work ethic, the value of the laborer, John Henry, right? And honesty. Well, our passage today has some echoes in it of something else, and I just want to re- let you know that we're going back. We're going to go back into some old stuff today. Because as I read this, I want you to know that in the story of Israel, is there somebody that that asked God for wisdom? Do you do you know the story? Does it say that? Solomon asked God for wisdom. Did you know Solomon is not the only son of David to become king? Absalom. Who, who sought something else. So the story, today's story echoes this. And I just need to go into this just a little bit. But, but when, you, when we hear our stories about the big blue ox and Paul Bunyan, we go back to our founding stories. When, when people that, that, that have attended to the scriptures, like, like the Jews had, if they would say, seek wisdom, they would go, we know who did that. And so that's what we're going to do just a little bit of today. Let's read James 3, 13 through 18. If you are wise, or in the Hebrew, if you seek wisdom and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and here's a big word for us, demonic. For wherever wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving and gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. Can you start to feel it's spring up, oh well, within my soul, these good deeds. It shows no favoritism. It's always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Spring up, O well, within my soul. But first, before we get there, I need to do this little thing about 
There is this path that seems right to a man that leads to death, Proverbs 12 and 16. Let me read to you just a little bit of a story of what seems right to a person. And this is the Absalom story. If you've never heard the name Absalom, it's okay. He's, he's kind of a minor player in the scripture, um, but he is a son of David. David had a series of sons. He had lots and lots and lots of sons, actually. And some of them got into fights and rivalries, as you might imagine. And and Absalom got kind of caught into one of those anger spots. And this is what he did. Let me just do this, because you can't make this stuff up. And after this, Absalom got himself a chariot and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom used to rise early and stand beside the way at the gate. And when any man came to the palace with a suit to go before the king for judgment, Absalom would call to him and say, where do you come from? And the person would say, I come from this place. And Absalom would say, I can see your claims are good and right, but there is no one deputed or ready by the king to hear you. Absalom, and moreover, would say, oh, that I were judge in the land. But every man with a suit would or cause would come to me, and I would give them justice. And whoever a man came near to him to, to do obedience to him or to bow low, he would grab them and hold them and kiss them and say, If the Lord will indeed bring me back to Jerusalem, then I will offer worship to the Lord, and I'll be king in the land. Well, he did this for four years. Can you imagine there is a way that seems right to a man? You seek power. Isn't power the one thing that humans kind of seek more than anything else? And the reason I'm bringing this up is because in just a moment, we'll read just a little bit of the Solomon story where, you know, he's going to be king, and lots of kings, kings have power, but what do they really want? They want more often, and he asks for something else. And he says, so... And then he sent messages after four years, secret messages to all the tribes saying, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, say Absalom is king in Hebron. And what happened is, is Absalom's sister was abused or raped by another brother, a half-brother. And because he killed his brother, he had been put out of Jerusalem. He was the most beautiful of all the men. They say that his hair would weigh 200 shekels when he cut it, and he had the most beautiful hair. Well, later on in the story, if you don't know the whole story, you can follow this up and read this. But Absalom is riding away from the armies trying to flee, and his hair gets caught in a tree he goes under, and he can't get away. So the very thing that catch, that is his name point. Anyway, I tell you this all to say to Absalom, what seemed right ends up in this worst-case scenario where David has to flee. King David has to flee the land. We tell this story because his brother, his, his little half-brother, has this dream, and this is Solomon from 1 Kings 4. 
3. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared at night and said to Solomon, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, Thou hast shown me great and steadfast love to the servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in uprightness and a heart to thee. And thou hast kept for him this great and steadfast love and hast given him a son to sit on the throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you've made, thou hast made me thy servant, a king in David's place. And I'm just a little child. I don't know what to go in or how to go out. And my servant is in the midst of the people who now has chosen a great people that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. Give thy servant, therefore, understanding or wisdom to govern my people, that I may discern between good and evil, that who is able to govern this way and treat thy people. So here's the thing. The next story is, and I'm not going to read all of this, but the Lord says to him, because you didn't ask to dominate your enemies and to get great power and to do all this stuff and for riches, but you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stuff. All of those things and more. It's like this, Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all this will be added to you. I don't want to just quote this because there's more to that passage than just that. But we're getting to this spot where there's this place that seems right to a person, and it, and it leads to death, and the scripture is just full of this stuff. And so here's Matthew 6. Therefore, don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If, you, if we will seek wisdom and, and if, if we will, if we go back to Jeremiah 6, 11, If we stand at the crossroads and we seek the old ways, the tried and true ways, the ways that lead to life, all this stuff will be added to us. As our passage said, we will sow seeds and reap a harvest of righteousness. But if we don't, we go this other way. This way of, well, I just, I'm after a better job and more cars and, 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 and we get up. Um, my dad had this phrase that we would be, um, our head would be up in a locked position. I was kind of in that spot yesterday. I had my head up in a locked position. And it seemed like I was, it seemed to me like I was doing the exact right thing. You know what happened this morning? About four. I woke up and I I've completely blown it. I thought I was doing the right thing. Thought I was doing everything just the way I should, but I had this plan and I just couldn't depart from it, right? Head up in a locked position. And out of my heart was not these streams of living water, but literally I was on the path that led to death. Even this morning, my heart was just... Have you ever been to this spot? It doesn't mean that you're standing at the palace gate saying, you know, the king's not just. And oh, that I would be king in the land. 
because then it would be done right by you, right? That's the Absalom way. There's really just the two ways. I hate to say this, but there's really no difference between me saying yesterday, well, I don't really need to do this, that, or the other thing because I've got this plan. It's all figured out. And Absalom saying, you know, the king in the land isn't really just, but we should do it my way. And, and, and if we just had this little palace coup, we could be in charge. Both of those things are on the same path in our scripture today. In James 3. For jealousy and selfishness are not the God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly and spiritual and demonic. And so yesterday, I'm standing before you today telling you that I thought I was doing this thing just exactly right. And I was being selfish. There's a way that seems right to a man, to a human. Don't read that only men. Okay, don't do that. There's a way that seems right to earthlings that leads to death. It seems right. But what do we need? We need, instead of to walk on these paths and get caught in the muck and the mire, as Psalm 69 says, where we're down in the muck and there's no footholds, everything's slippery and sliding, and there's no place to, right, we're feeling around and there's no rock to hold us steady. We need to look at God's wisdom, to ask, to see if we are wise, to see and look for his ways, because they lead to life and not to this muck and mire stuff that I was caught in this morning. And that's the scripture this morning. By the way, I I wasn't really hoping for God to do it this way to me, but he did this. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure and is peace, loving and gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. Now, if you're willing to yield to others, there's this story about Joe yesterday, and I'm going to share this just a little bit because Bill was at a meeting. Bill Strite is the director of a a retreat coming up and Joe Pop Coates is his vice. And how many of you know Joe? <laughs> Joe just doesn't talk over anybody, does he? His, his mercy and unselfishness just yields. It is the river of life flowing out of him. Sometimes we have to do this thing. I'm, I'm going to borrow from Ted this morning. Sometimes there's a whole bunch of stuff in our ears and we need to just go like this. Right, just stop. You said as a coach, as a coach, you got as a referee. Sometimes in basketball games, you get this, you get a yelling coach, and and you just need to go. I'll be with you in a second. But, but sometimes you need to yield, and and I think of the example that Joe had yesterday for me. That I wish that I had yielded. I didn't feel like I was being selfish, but this morning I can see it. And I'm longing for the spring up a well within my soul. Are you longing for that? Are you longing to sort of tap into where is the life in my life? I would like to have more. How do I do that? And this is what I'm going to tell you that that I've done this morning to do that. And then how I 
think that God's ways are to do it. So the very first thing is to do this, is the step one, I don't know, the I don't know step. How many of you have ever gotten to the I don't get it step? (laughs) Well, this morning I was brought to the I don't know step. I don't know why I was doing it wrong. But God, if you'll help me see a way to do it right, I'll do it that way. But before you can say, God, if you'll help me see it the right way and to do it and lead me that way, you have to get to a spot and say, I don't know. And you have to mean it. You actually have to get to a spot and say, I got no clue how to do this better. That's a hard spot, isn't it? I don't know how to do this better. I need a direction from outside myself. So the step two is, God, tell me who I am and where you want me to go. Sometimes I feel like I have a flashlight, but I can't see the path in front of me, and I just need him to sort of turn me in the correct direction so I can see the path, and then the flashlight will hit it. Well, how do you do that? How do we get to a spot where we read the scripture like this one today, and we say, if anybody asks for wisdom, well, who asked for wisdom in the Old Testament? Solomon. How do you get to a spot there? And I can just tell you how I did it. When I came to the Lord and I had my first I don't know spot. No, I haven't had my last I don't know spot. But I've had more than one, and I know the first one. But I I don't know, and I I did this, and suddenly I became hungry to know more about him. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience more of your goodness from the song this morning. And how do we do that? Well, first, there's a couple of sources, isn't there? There's this worship moment that is really important to the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is us, these people, that we need to know that there is something bigger than us and to experience it and to worship it. Now, worship is a weird word. It really means submit to the leadership of that. And we just go, you're the one. Remember the first step, I don't get it. The second step is we need to ask for the, uh, for the good path, the old path, the tried and true way, the path that leads to life from, from Jeremiah 6. But what happened to me was when I started to do that, I go, well, I don't have enough information to make a decision. Well, I know that the modern world goes to Google and Wikipedia. The problem with that is that we end up with wiki beliefs, if you will, things that people generally believe, but there's nobody that really started them, and we just all kind of believe them. We end up with stories like Paul Bunyan and John Henry and, and by the way, the modern mythology of our president, first president, who says, I can't tell a lie, which has just been attributed to him because we needed that. If we go to the wrong source, then we get you know, garbage in, garbage out. And so we need to go to a source that's outside of ourselves. That's, this, that's uh, 
for me, it's um, electronic, but there's five of them in here. And there's one in my phone, and then there's this one here you can always have. And I have a favorite one that I read at home, and I have one in my car. And, and uh, sometimes you just have to turn and you go, I need some psalms. I need to know how to pray better. I will go to the prayer book of the early church and understand that sometimes I'm in the muck and the mire and I don't know how to get out. And I just need to know that God's in his time. He will answer. And out of that, so out of that, as we submit and we begin to learn more and we read his word and we trust him more and we do this, you know what starts to happen? We plant these seeds and reap a harvest of righteousness. That's the text today. And out of us, comes this bubbling spring of life. Now the life is not from us. The life is from God who puts it in us. And it is for you and it's for me and I and I feel alive now. And this morning I had this I don't know moment, but I knew that the very first thing I had to do is go to somebody and seek forgiveness. And I did that. But I didn't know how to do that the very first time I, uh, I said, I don't know. Did you? Did you know how to go to somebody and say, can you forgive me? I was wrong. I, mean, I had my head up in a locked position. And so I want us to go back to not just Israel's founding moments and understand the seeking of wisdom and all this, but also to go back to our founding moments in the Lord and remember that it starts with a spot where we submit. In Christ is the biggest analogy of all of Paul's writing, but before we get into Christ, there's this one spot that all of us get in, inside the body of Christ, in Christ, on our knees in submission, going, help, I don't know. And then out of that, because we submit, then we can see new paths and new ways, and he can rotate you around. It's like he grabs your shoulders just a little bit and goes, the path's over here. Dude, really? It's not that one. Don't go that one. That one is not the one you want. Going into, <laughs> into that pit. <laughs> or, or maybe it's just, maybe it's not this big, thick, muck and a mire one. But maybe it's like the harvest roads at the end of harvest in the Palouse, where the where the trucks have gone over it and they've just powdered the dirt to the spot where the powder is six inches deep and the first truck through and then nobody can see anything for 35 minutes. And you can't see the path. It was not my intention to do an emotional strip tease with you this morning, but I need you to know that we're all on this path. And we all seek rivers of life flowing out of us because we want the life in us. And to do that, we need to do this thing. We need to plant seeds of faith. And we do that by by reading and coming together and worshiping and holding each other up in prayer and 
every little thing that leads to the Lord then becomes a harvest of righteousness in our life. And if we will, if we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, all this will be added. And that well of life is added.